Hi, this is Rabbi Avi Killip. Before we get into this episode, I want to take a minute to mention Hadar's end-of-year fundraising campaign. If you love this podcast and you value Torah content from Hadar, please support us today at hadar.org slash donate. Thank you. Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beat Midrash. This year, each week, we will hear a Devar Torah on the Parsha from Rabbi David Kasher. Let's listen. In Parshat Miketz, a time of great crisis brings people together from across the world, desperate for help. Their savior will be a young Hebrew prisoner with the rare ability to speak l'chol am v'am kilshono, to every nation in its own language. Although the narrative of the Torah is written in Hebrew, its characters are not always speaking Hebrew themselves. That fact becomes clear in a moment during Yosef's negotiations with his brothers. They have come down to Egypt during a famine to procure food, and Yosef is the distributor whom they must beseech. But when they stand before him, they do not recognize the brother they sold into slavery 22 years prior. Yosef begins to interrogate them aggressively, and as we read the dialogue, we imagine him speaking to them directly. But when they turn to talk among themselves, we are told, They did not know that Yosef understood, for the translator was between them. It appears that Yosef has been speaking to them in the language of the country, exactly as you would expect a high-ranking official to do on his own territory, and they have been responding through a translator. This is how Rashi describes it. When they would speak with him, the translator, who knew Hebrew and Egyptian, was between them and would translate their words to Yosef and Yosef's words to them, so they figured that Yosef did not recognize the Hebrew language. So, Yosef spoke Egyptian. Of course, a moment's reflection on his story up until this point reminds us that this must be so. He works in an Egyptian household. He spends years in an Egyptian prison and becomes a supervisor there. He then rises to a position of leadership in Egypt, marries an Egyptian woman, and is even given an Egyptian name. He undoubtedly became at least bilingual. But some Midrashic sources imagine that Yosef's language acquisition skills were even more impressive. Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer cites the same verse we began with, but reads it to mean that Yosef was the one doing the interpreting. All the languages would come to Yosef to seek sustenance. They would bring their payment and tribute to Yosef so that he would provide for them. And Yosef would speak to each nation in its own language. That is why he became known as Turgaman, the translator, as it says, for the translator was among them. In this reading of our verse, Yosef did not use a translator. He was the translator, the great translator. He was the ultimate polyglot, capable of understanding every language that came before him. His power and fame as the great sustainer of the region was directly tied to his facility with languages. A parallel story in the Talmud suggests that linguistic prowess brought Yosef to power in the first place. Just before he was summoned from prison, Pharaoh's courtiers questioned whether a lowly slave could be trusted to advise royalty. 
People of royal pedigree, they insisted, must speak multiple languages. So the angel Gabriel miraculously imparted the knowledge of 70 languages to Yosef. Ulamachar, and the next day, any language that Pharaoh spoke to him, he could respond. But when Yosef spoke to Pharaoh in the holy tongue, Pharaoh did not know what Yosef was saying. So Pharaoh said, teach me. Yosef tried to teach Pharaoh, but Pharaoh could not learn it. Pharaoh said, swear to me that you will not tell anyone. So Yosef swore to him. Language proficiency here serves as the qualifying test for political legitimacy. There's a certain logic to this. National leaders interface with representatives of other nations, as we will see later in the story. But Yosef not only speaks all the languages familiar to Pharaoh, he also knows one that Pharaoh does not know and cannot seem to learn. Yosef is thus distinguished in Pharaoh's court through his Hebrew, the holy tongue that even the most privileged and educated cannot grasp. This lingual dexterity, our rabbis presume, was surely on display when Pharaoh said to Yosef, Ein navon kamocha. There is no one as understanding and wise as you. If we turn back to the text of the Torah, however, we recall that in fact Pharaoh uttered those words in response to a demonstration of another of Yosef's unique gifts, his ability to interpret not languages, but dreams. Yosef's story is pervaded by dreams from the start. It is his own self-aggrandizing dreams that get him in trouble with his family, who sarcastically, but fittingly, dub him Bala Chalamot, the master of dreams. It is when he lands in prison, however, that his ability to interpret other people's dreams becomes known. Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker are both in prison with Yosef, and one night each of them has a startling dream. When Yosef sees them the next morning, they look troubled, and he asks what is wrong. They said to him, We have dreamed dreams, but there is no one to interpret them. And Yosef said to them, All interpretations are God's. Tell them to me. So the cupbearer shares a vivid dream with Yosef, who responds immediately, This is its interpretation and then proceeds to explain the meaning of the details in the dream. The baker is impressed, Kitov patar, for he had interpreted well, and he asks for an interpretation of his own dream. Again, the dream has an intricate visual description, and again, Yosef responds immediately with, Ze pitrono, this is its interpretation. And he gives a less favorable reading of the dream. Both of Yosef's interpretations turn out to be correct, the cupbearer is restored to his post and the baker is hanged. Kasher patar lehem Yosef, just as Yosef had interpreted them. Parshat Vayeshev closes with Yosef well-established as a skilled dream interpreter. As Parshat Miketz begins, it is precisely this skill for which he will be summoned out of prison. Pharaoh is now having dreams of his own and he awakens agitated for, once again, ein poterotam, there is no one to interpret them. The cupbearer, since released from prison, suddenly remembers Yosef and tells Pharaoh the story of Yosef's dream interpretations in the prison, concluding, Kasher patarlanu ken haya. Just as he interpreted them, so it came to be. Everything then begins to move very quickly. Pharaoh recounts his dreams, Yosef interprets them, and everyone is immediately pleased. 
On the strength of these interpretations, Yosef is thrust into power, second only to Pharaoh himself, and rules over all of Egypt. He will be trusted to lead, to serve, and to save, all because he was a good interpreter. The word we have been translating as interpret or interpretation comes from the Hebrew root pei tafresh, and remarkably, the two scenes in which Yosef gives his interpretations in chapter 40 and 41 of Genesis are the only places where that root is used in all of Tanakh. Yosef is therefore not just a good interpreter, he is the only one ever recorded in the Hebrew Bible. No wonder, then, that our rabbis imagined that Yosef was not just an interpreter of dreams, but all kinds of other languages as well. The imagery of dreams is like a language of its own. It requires an act of translation to extract from the strange logic of a dream some meaning for real life. A psychologist or a seer who reads someone's dreams takes signs and symbols and tries to articulate them in a language that can be understood, like deciphering a foreign text. The Torah tells us Pharaoh was impressed by Yosef's dream interpretations. Our rabbis tell us that Pharaoh was equally awed by Yosef's ability to speak foreign languages. In both cases, the act of interpretation has the power to reveal that which is otherwise inaccessible. A translator can give us access to another person's mind. A skilled dream interpreter may even be able to grant us access to our own minds. Pharaoh may be alluding to all these revelatory powers with the name he ceremonially bestows upon Yosef, Tzafnat Paneach, though this too is a matter of translation. Classical commentators and modern scholars debate whether or not the name is Egyptian, as one would assume of a name given by the Pharaoh of Egypt. But Unculus, the author of the most classic and authoritative translation of the Torah, the Targum, renders it in Aramaic as follows, Gavra Demitamran Galyanle, the man to whom hidden things are revealed. He seems to be reading the name as if it were Hebrew, that is, Tzafnat is related to Litzpon, to hide, and Paneach is a unique biblical word that means to reveal. So, what language was this name given in? An artful resolution is given by Rabbi Yaakov Svi Mecklenburg, the author of the 19th century German commentary, Haktav Vehakabalah. It seems, he says, that this can be explained as having both meanings, one in accordance with the Targum, the one to whom hidden things are revealed, and the second that concords with an Egyptian language, in which Tzafnat Paneach means the salvation of the world. The bold suggestion here is that the Torah can be speaking in two languages at once, using words that are meant to have both Hebrew and Egyptian meanings. The name then parallels the image of Yosef himself, who moves back and forth between these languages. And the two meanings combine in the one name, as they will in Yosef. The one to whom hidden things are revealed will become the savior of the world. We live in a moment in history not unlike the beginning of Parshat Miketz. We have awoken from a nightmare, to find multiple crises looming. Nations are struggling for survival in a world with rapidly dwindling resources. We are consulting our best advisors, but no one seems to truly know the way forward. Would that we had someone who could interpret the warning signs and give us some sense of how to ensure velotikareta aretz, 
that the land will not perish. That kind of leader would know how to speak to many different kinds of people, to translate between languages and cultures. That kind of leader could help us make sense of the dreams we once had. Thanks for listening. I wanted to let you know that I'm teaching an online Parsha class every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, in partnership with Ikar. Uh, we'll take a deeper dive into some aspect of the material we covered in this Dvar Torah. So if you love these podcasts, it's a great way to keep the conversation going. Sign up for free at hadar.org forward slash west. Our producers for this episode are Sam Greenberg and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to Nadav Remez for editing this episode. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you. Thank you.